Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. Trains Live, folks. Bob Lettenberger, Associate Editor, Trains Magazine, from Studio B at Kalmbach Headquarters in Waukesha, Wisconsin. You know what? We, we probably all remember playing video games. Okay, now for me, um, Pong, remember the one where you had the two little paddles and the little dot that went across the screen? I couldn't get that, all right? Um, my little brother tried playing basketball with me video-wise. Okay, Frank's a big ball player, and it just stuffed all over me. Train simulators. The railroads use them today for training. I'm going to tell you what. One of the last times that I was in a train simulator, um, I was on the Union Pacific. I was going through Missouri, kind of the sawtooth pattern there in the, the northeast part of Missouri. My train went uphill, went downhill, then came a curve. I went that way, my train went the other way. Me and video games, not something that goes together. But I'll tell you what, today we, we, got, we got a story about a video game that, I'll tell you what, I, I think I got to try this thing. I think I've got to be brave enough to to get out there and do this. Um, some of you might be familiar with Train Sim World. It is probably one of the premier train simulator games that you can get into uh, in just a few days, September 6th. They are going to be releasing Train Sim World 3. And if you're into games, or even if you're not, go out and look up some of the information on this. This thing is, man, this is incredible. Just the, just the previews that I've seen, it's, it, it is as close to probably running a real train as you're going to be able to do on your computer. Now, today, we are talking with some of the folks from Dovetail Software. They are over in England, and they're the ones that developed this game. And with us is Joe Rogers. Joe, how you doing tonight? Tonight over there by you guys. Bob. <laughs> okay, listen, Joe, before we before we get into to train sim world, as I was looking at what you folks do, I noticed you've got train sim world, but you also have Bassmaster Championship Fishing. How do guys that do train stuff also do Bassmaster Fishing and and in England? Okay, I mean, the last time I checked, there's not a lot of bass fishing in England. <laughs> so, <laughs> fill me in on that to start with. <laughs> sure. Well, first of all, uh, hi, Bob, and hi to everyone watching. Uh, pleasure to be on the show. So, yeah, a bit of a strange one. I, I, I do understand. So, fishing trains, how do they how do they come together? The so, Dovetail Games, it's worked on the simulation genre of video games for a long time, over a decade now. Um, it's a genre that grew from um, other companies' games like SimCity, uh, racing games like Gran Turismo, um, and Dovetail Games aren't responsible for either of those titles. But the genre has grown and grown and grown over decades. And the more that it's grown, 
the more different things that people have wanted to see simulated. So at some point, someone had the great idea of wanting to simulate railroads and railways. Um, and so that's exactly what Dovetail Games did. Matt, who hopefully will be joining us shortly, he'll be able to give you a much more deeper history of the company and how uh, the initial railway simulation product that we produced became the train sim world that we know today. But one of the other arms of development that, the, that our company has taken is fishing titles. So we, uh, we had a game called Fishing Sim World, similar name to Train Sim World. Uh, and then we also had another version of that called The Catch. And that was all about simulating fishing in a wider bunch of territories. So the UK, as well as Europe, where things like carp fishing is very popular. <laughs> and then we got this opportunity to actually jump onto the license of the official Bassmaster series, uh, which I know is a massive sport in America. I've been trying to follow it as much as I can on the internet. Um, obviously, I've not had the chance to go out to a, a, an event myself. But it's a huge sport. And we wanted, with the expertise we had from our previous fishing simulation games, apply our uh, expertise, if you like, into that massively popular licensed sport to see whether we could bring a real simulation of the sport to, to our players. Sure. Okay. So, so you basically landed in a couple of niches even though they are, are disparately apart. That, that's, that's, that's respectable. Hey, before we go on, I want to remind um, our viewers, folks, uh, if you're watching us on Facebook Live and you have a question, um, Vince is over here monitoring our Facebook page. Uh, type in your questions. Hey, just even let us know where you're watching from. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. And if we get questions along the way, we'll take and stop and see what we can do to answer those for you. So, Joe, Train Sim World 3, um, you know, this, this thing is just, I look at it and it's like, wow, this is, this is incredible. This has got some, some I mean, high-power graphics to it. Um, it looks virtually like you are sitting in the cab of some of these locomotives. Um, and I guess if you can, can even shed a little light how are you guys achieving such a degree of, of realism? How, you know, kind of what's, what's the process uh, for you to go from, hey, let's, you know, do a new release to, man, this is how cool this thing looks. I mean, it's been a long story of development over, as I say, over a decade now that we've been producing these railway simulation products, uh, pr primarily for PC, uh, desktop computers, laptops, that kind of thing, uh, mainly through a platform called Steam, which some of your viewers might be familiar with. But over time, as technology has advanced, obviously we've had the ability to really follow that path, if you like, um, and get on board with things like consoles. Um, Train Sim World is, is available on, on consoles, PlayStation and Xbox, which is obviously a totally different area of technology where there's much more computing power and the ability to make use of graphics and, and graphics engines and things like that. So over the years, our development has just kind of followed through to ensure that we're always keeping up to date with that technology. And so when you look at some of the original products that we made 13 years ago, and actually Train Sim World 3, which we've made now, and the, and the level of detail that's in that, we, it's just a case of making use of the, 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 the software, basically. Um, 
in terms of actually how we recreate that detail, I'm hoping Matt will be able to go into you know some real in-depth for your viewers as to exactly how we recreate the locomotive cabs, the track, the environments, mm-hmm. the rolling stock. But it all comes down to basically whatever we can get our hands on and whatever we can do to recreate the passion that we all have. Because ultimately, on the train side of the uh, company, we're all rail fans. We're all rail enthusiasts. We all go and visit heritage railways here in England. Um, some of us aren't even aren't based in England. We're based elsewhere in the world, and we we love the railways that we that we have in our own countries. So anything that we can do to bring that passion that we all have into the game, and therefore into people that are playing it, you know, the the, the, the more we will try and do that. Cool. Now. You've got train enthusiasts, so I mean, where where we're working here at Kalmbach with Trains Magazine and Model Railroader and Classic Trains, all of our, our tracks group publications. Okay, so we've got we've got train enthusiasts on both ends. We're doing publications. You're doing a, a, a game, but let, let, take a step back for a moment. If if somebody is walking up to Train Sim World for the first time, what what should they expect? What what are they walking into, really? So in many ways, you can look at this as another arm of the railroading or the railway hobby. Um, some people, when they get into trains, um, they get into photography. They like to actually be out there in the real world. They get to snap the long freight trains over in the States or if it's here in the UK, some of the steam rail tours and excursions and things we have here. Some people take a slightly different route. They go into the model railroading or railway modeling as we call it so they'll set up a a board a, you know chipboard with a layout and they'll get all the track out and a hammer and nails and they'll bash together a good uh, layout that recreates something that they maybe grew up with or an area that they're, they're they're familiar with train simulation in many ways is just another arm of that hobby so instead of buying the chipboard and creating your layout instead of buying the camera and going out in the real world you buy a games console and instead of buying the individual locomotives and rolling stock you can you can do that, but virtually. So, um, you know, you buy the locomotives that you're passionate about and run the trains that you're passionate about. And that's particularly poignant with our separate product, which is called Train Simulator Classic. But also Train Sim World allows us to, to do that as well. So it's it's another arm of the railroading or railway hobby that people can get into. Um, but by no means a competitor. We very much encourage people to do this in addition to all the other things that they do. Um, out there in the real world of, of railways and railroading so that they can really get a full picture of their entire um, hobby and, and all the different ways you can in, enjoy rail. All right. And it looks like Matt is in the process of joining us here. And Matt Peddleston. Matt, can you hear us? I can hear you fine. Can you hear oh, me? Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Now listen. I, I have seen locomotive engineers wear uh, wear headsets, but man, there's nothing nothing like this before. <laughs> Welcome to Trains Live. <laughs> so, Joe has been Thank filling you very us much. in. You're welcome. Joe's been filling us in a little bit on Train Sim World Three, uh, set to release on September sixth. Um, this is the next big incarnation of the game here, and. And Matt, I want to kind of pick up where I was was chatting with Joe here. Um, you know, it's the the train sim world seems to be another extension of the rail enthusiast hobby. You know, Joe was mentioning some folks like to do photographs, some folks model. We've got some folks that actually you know will will play games. Train world sim, train sim world three. Um, in the in the game, how close to reality is this? I mean. 
you know, if, if we're out looking at trains, okay, we see a train go by, there's the real thing. If we're modeling, yeah, we've got some, uh, some room that we can, can, you know, freelance, go our own, own way. Where does, the, where does the game land? We aim for as much realism as possible. Um, the, uh, sorry, I'm hearing myself back in a second. <laughs> So yeah, we aim for as much realism as possible. Um, we we have the same wiggle room. It's still modelling, so um, we can um, yeah take. Sometimes we can't get all the answers we need, and you need to get a bit creative to fill in the gaps. Um, we did a model of uh, Canadian Canadian National GP GP nine RM, and we couldn't find any pictures of the interior. Uh, so the team literally had to make it based on the best knowledge they could. Okay. Um, you know, right. We've seen a whole bunch of different GP9s and look kind of tried to work out what it would likely look like, what Canadian national cabs quite often look like, and, and kind of um, bridge the gap there. Obviously, wherever we can, we're going off the real reference. Um, we try and make it as close as possible. Okay. So you, you led me right where I want to go here, and that's that's research and and the reality of what you're showing um in the new version three um routes over cajon pass here in the u.s um cassell to wurzburg in germany um london saint pancras station to faversham and i hope i pronounced those all correctly how what kind of research did you do to figure out what those routes should look like in the game so we've got uh, Google Earth will uh, provide us quite a lot of, um, of the base data. Um, we've got uh, cab ride references. There's tons of those on YouTube or that you can buy on video. Um, we've got uh, people we talk to who might be on the local railroads. Um, and there's uh, quite a lot of documentation if you go dig in for it. Okay. Um, so which tell us some of the technical side of things so what signals are and um and so forth um so it's kind of um this wealth of different resources and bringing them together trying to fill in the gaps again with as many photographs as possible um and uh, again what you're left with at the end of the day is kind of most of it's well covered and then there's some gaps and you need to use your experience <laughs> and expertise to say this is probably what goes here Sure. The, the rocks in a certain area look a certain way, and so you, you know, just replicate that. It sounds like a lot of the research that you do is very similar to uh, what someone writing a story for Trains Magazine would do or for actually for researching, for building a, a model railroad or even for a, a museum exhibit, which is, that, that's very interesting to me that we're, we're kind of thinking along the same page same line but coming up uh, with a different product at the at the end now a couple of things that that really caught my eye in the new release um enhanced weather <laughs> it, it, it's going to rain inside my computer on my run over cajon pass <laughs> absolutely um not inside your computer but uh, on your screen certainly um <laughs> So what this means is, so it's dynamic, what we've got, we've got dynamic weather now, which means that um, what you might start in San Bernardino in uh, blazing sunshine. Uh, and uh, as you start your ascent up the, uh, 
the two percent um the uh the rain starts the clouds coming in the rain start to come down um and because of the way the temperature is the certain point where up that gradient that's that rain is going to turn to snow because okay. it's obviously getting colder as you're going up the grade <laughs> all right because we manage temperature as well based on the temperature Okay, that, based, that had... based on the, the altitude. <laughs> so we factor all uh -huh. of these things in. Um, sure. And then the world will change you know, around you. It will change white. So it becomes snowy. That that had to be a heck of a piece of programming to to get that in and have it behave in the way that I'm I'm seeing that it's going to. It was it was a lot of fun. The team have enjoyed putting it in. It's one of those things that creates a big visual difference to the game, which the the team really enjoy creating. Um, there's uh, there's things that we do which are really under the hood, um, like where we change the adhesion physics and so forth, and the detail behind the simigraph system which powers the trains. Mm -hmm. And people don't really see the effort that goes into that, which is tremendous because it's not really visible. Whereas something like the sky is changing is quite a dramatic visual right in your face change. And it also means that you've got to pay a bit more attention to what's going on because you don't know what's going to happen. And particularly you're coming down the steep gradient on Cajon Pass, the 3%. Um, you know, you need to be a little bit more cautious and uh, thinking way ahead. <laughs> so this, so the, so the weather, so I'm, I'm, I've got my BNSF GE ES44C4 uh, coming down Cajon, I've got probably five, maybe 10,000 or more tons pushing on me, and the weather is going to affect how my train is going to handle? Absolutely. Um, particularly, oh. uh, so with rain, with light rain, light rain is actually mm -hmm. the worst because it creates a little film on top of the track. Yep. Um, so we kind of like, as it just starts to rain, sort of thinking about i'm just going to back up this speed a little bit and um and just make sure we've got plenty of buffer room it starts <laughs> raining really heavily you get some of your grip back uh because it actually washes the track a bit it's it's uh, it's still sure. worse obviously than dry but uh, mm -hmm. you're a bit better off and heaven help you if it gets snowy <laughs> this is this is i was explaining to joe this is why you guys don't want me running the simulator because I'll, I'll I'll lose the train. I guarantee I'll lose the train. I I also love the the part in there. Uh, we're on the passenger trains. The the passengers will change clothing based on the weather. So I'm going to imagine that it starts raining and the rain slickers come out and the umbrellas go up. And if it's snowing, we're going to see some some heavier jackets come on. So it's based on temperature. Um, okay. So if when you're driving around, the temperature slips below, um, then the t-shirts are on, the jackets are on, <laughs> um, and uh, and overcoats and raincoats, um, and then the umbrellas are a bit more dynamic. Um, you know, if it starts raining, then you'll see them pop the umbrellas up. <laughs> Incredible! Incredible! Hey, something else I noticed, and and you know we're we're talking about Train World Sim Three and um, incredibly sophisticated uh, game to simulate rail train operation. I notice in version three, there's going to be a training center. And this looks like it's something new and it looks like someplace that I need to go to. What, uh, what is so innovative about this and what's gonna happen in this training center for, for gamers? So what we're trying to do with Training Center is gather together all the training together as we've done. So in the past, 
there's been tons of training it's been on all the different routes and it's great if you know what you're looking for but if you're a newcomer to the game which is also where the training is in, you know, targeted um <laughs> it can be a little bit daunting to try and actually find this training so uh, the training center brings it all into one bracket um, so it covers two different areas. So firstly, the user interface for the game has a whole training center system, which just which what brings all of this training together. So if you're someone who has on any of our previous content, um, all of that stuff just get wrapped, wrapped into one place. Um, and then we've got the actual training center route itself. And the reason behind that was, firstly, we wanted something really fun and exciting to be that first thing that you, you land into um, and uh, small, rather than getting lost in Cajon or something like that. We can start everybody in this, um, this uh, training center, condensed area. And all of the training for the basic stuff, like how you move around and how you move, make a locomotive move and stop, we can make it so that it's the same training for every locomotive so that you can just focus on what's different between loco a and loco b how does a gp38 or sorry an sd40-2 differ mm -hmm. from the s44 in terms of the controls it uses and where those controls are and so forth so it means you can focus on that rather than worrying about where am i on the route now okay and and i'm going to assume that if you step into um the german ice train or the uh the the high speed train there in england we're going to be seeing training specific to those particular uh vehicles yeah every train in the game has its own unique training that teaches you the specifics of the uh, of those vehicles it starts off simple with just the real this is how you get in and sit down this is how you make it move how you make it stop how you do passenger operations but then we've also got some advanced tutorials which teach you some of the uh uh, advanced cab signaling systems so in germany on the ice train you've got the lzb system and the afb cruise control system uh, and in the uk there's the uh, tvm 430 high speed signaling system so we've got tutorials covering exactly how you use all of that stuff <laughs> wow. so you can kind of go as deep as you want and we're there, we're there okay. to teach you all right positive train control for the u.s not yet not yet okay <laughs> <laughs> You, we want to go there. We want to go there, but uh, <laughs> and we've done some elements of it with uh, sure. in the past with um, access uh, on the uh, New York lines. Um, okay. So we've done some of the Northeast Corridor in the past, and we've done Harlem sure. Line and so forth. So we've got some elements of PTC covered off, but not the not on the Cone Pass, unfortunately. Okay. You you guys you guys got your own special extension for another couple of years on that, right? Uh, <laughs> all right. So the other the other thing I kind of want to get into you you touched a little before about you know some of the information that you use and and how it you know ends up showing up in the the program itself. What what kind of I want to go inside the the mind of Dovetail Software when you sit down to start working on the next iteration here. How what what is kind of the process? I mean, who how did you how did you arrive at, at the three routes? How did you, like in the U.S., how did we arrive at Cajon Pass as opposed to somewhere else? Kind of what is the, what's the mindset? How does it, how does it evolve to what we see on the screen? So long, long discussions. Um, we, uh, we look at all sorts of different things and it's not necessarily the same criteria for different places. Um, so the reason we chose the high speed route for the German audience was 
we'd done a lot of German content, which was very similar, sort of S-Bahns and regional expresses and things like that. We touched on intercity high speed. And um, we thought, and one of the things that players had also told us was, can we have a proper high speed? Can we have an actual dedicated high speed line? Okay. Um, now the problem, the challenge with that is just the sheer length. So we ended up with a route that's 186 kilometers long, which is the, by far the biggest we've ever made. So that, that creates some challenges. We'd also been said, hey, you know, when are we going to get the ICE-1? We've got the ICE-3, but the ICE-1 is the leader of the pack. So um, so kind of like this two gelled together because the ICE-1 runs on this route as well. So that's where we get to the German the German audience. For the, for the States, um, we've got the uh, BNSF license um, all organized. Uh, there have been some challenges for that in the past. Um, and that's now all straightened out. And so it's kind of... This is the first opportunity to make full use of that in in Trainsim World, so we thought, okay, we've got to have a BNSF route in uh, in Trainsim World Three. So we looked at a number of different options, um, and actually, Cajon Pass is, <coughs> excuse me, it's a personal favourite of mine, um, <laughs> along with two or three others in the company, and we literally, um, it was a case that we we're looking at what do we want to make, and uh, and we all shouted Cajon Pass at the same time. Okay. It was uh, it was kind of like uh, this needs to be made. So, but beyond that, it was mm -hmm. we've done American freight a few times, but not enough, and not well enough. Okay. So we thought be an SF license, fabulous okay. freight route. Let's nail it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, Cajon Pass, you get it all developed. I gotta ask, has anybody you know has any engineer or anybody from BNSF sat down with this and run that route? And giving you feedback on it? No. No? <laughs> uh, so we've been speaking with a lot of engineers from other railroads. Okay. Um, including from Canada and uh, and so forth. Um, so we've got experience from people who have driven similar trains um, and uh, met similar challenges, but not, not this one exactly. Um, and some of these are seasoned railroaders are based out of New York um, at the moment. So, you know, lots of hands-on experience, but not of this specific um, thing. So we are okay. trying to grow um, our um, hands-on, you know, the people that we can talk to that can, can give us the answer from the horse's mouth. Because the danger that we, one of the challenges we find <laughs> is that if you ask a question, you'll get a whole bunch of armchair experts. Oh, sure. And so sure. what we're really trying to find is, you know, people like, actually, how does this train operate? Really, what's the experience of driving this train? Absolutely, yeah. Because you, you know, if you get you get one rock in the wrong place, it can can pose a little bit of a problem somewhere along the way. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, Matt. Now, as long as you're here, and the game hasn't been released yet. In fact, the actual, um, if I was reading the material right, the the pre-play on the pre-order hasn't even started yet. Can uh, can you give us one little surprise that's in the game? Something that that you know people will discover along the way that might not be very apparent. I mean, don't 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 show me the whole candy store here, but one little thing to look for. Oh dear, um, <laughs> just trying to think. So one thing that was a challenge on Cone Pass, which we've captured is the way the trains run the wrong long the wrong line um for a certain section of the light around Hesperia way mm -hmm. between i think frost and Hesperia. 
uh, and that tripped the team up and we corrected it. So yeah, watch for that. Um, we've also done some of our biggest trains in the game, including there is one train in the game which is a 422 power, okay. which we've never done before. So um, yeah, there's some big heavy trains in this one. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Listen, uh, I'd like you guys just stick around for a moment. Uh, we've got a little feature that we always do toward the end of the program, Mr. Bob's Bookshelf. Uh, got a couple of books that kind of dovetail into what we're talking about. So stay with us for a minute here. Uh, let me go to the bookshelf here. And Diane, can we dial in Skycam? There we go. See if we can zoom in. Yeah, Mr. Bob's Bookshelf, we always take a look at some books that are going to be relevant to what we're talking about. And, of course, Cajon Pass here in the U.S., a lot of great information. Um, one of the books that I, I pulled for us today here, Santa Fe in the Mountains, of course, the Santa Fe uh, predecessor to BNSF Railway um, and the Union Pacific ran across uh, Cajon Pass. Um, Santa Fe, one of the, well, the original uh, railroad through there. Um, this particular book is by George Drury, and it is a beautiful picture compilation of Cajon Pass and the surrounding area. And yeah, it looks like the uh, super chief there. Um, plenty of steam and diesel action. And there's some neat little stories uh, along the way that kind of enhance your information about uh, Cajon Pass. Now, if you're like me, if I'm going to be playing Train Sim World 3, I'm probably going to sit down with a couple of these books first just to get a little more information about the area. Uh, let's see here. A couple other things to take a look at. This particular book by Chad Walker is uh, a pictorial of Cajon. Now, Chad Walker was um, actually a train order operator for the Santa Fe. He worked at Summit um, at the top of the pass and then also um, at Victoryville. And uh, the neat thing about this book, first off, some really neat maps to kind of give you an overview uh, of the area of the particular towns. And uh, just some incredible black and white photographs. And, and this one, you know, you always think about some of the big vistas in the West, the, the big long scenes. And when I was, was looking at some of the publicity material for the game, boy, some of this scenery just, it comes right to life in the game. And as I'm looking at the book in between the, the, the scenery, it's like, man, this is, I, I gotta play this or I gotta go there. So Cajon, a pictorial album by Shard Walker check that one out. Got to remind you folks, most of these books um, are going to be ones that are going to be in your library. And as we've talked before, um, library, you got to become friends with your librarian. They might not be in your local library. You might have to have a librarian do a little digging for you. Um, simply The Pass. And The Pass is a pictorial book about Cajon, more contemporary photographs by David Newbold, and a lot of neat color in this one. Um, BNSF uh, in the contemporary setting running through. And again, some of that beautiful scenery. I don't know, e even in a game, you don't want me taking a train down this particular hill. So The Pass by David Newbold, another one. And the last one I'm gonna recommend for you today off the bookshelf, 
BNSF Railway Southern California style. Um, a look at Cajon, Tehachapi, and the Mojave Desert. And the neat thing about this book, this one has technical information. Um, loads and loads of technical information. In fact, as we go across um, Cajon Pass, the book here actually takes you along the route place by place with maps and photographs. And if it's something where you really want to get to know this particular route, here's going to be a book to take and pick up. BNSF Railway, Southern California style, the three big areas that they traverse there in Southern California. Remember, folks, these are books that, you know, might not be on the local library shelf. Get to know your librarian. They're out there. you got to do a little, little digging for them in order to find them, but it's going to be well worth it. And for my money, I would sit down with a book like this and then also go and play the game. So... Train Sim World 3, the third edition, coming out on September 6th. Um, Matt, Joe, we can you can pre-order that now, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, check it out. Go online. Um, dial up Dovetail Software um, over in England, and you'll get all the scoop on that. Also, remember, for other hobby needs, make sure you look at KumbachHobbyStore.com. Gentlemen, got to thank you both for, for joining me today. Uh, I know it's a little bit later over there for you guys, but thanks for taking the time. Uh, best of luck. Um, man, you, you will probably see me wrecking trains on Train Sim World 3 or, I don't know, maybe even, maybe even trying my hand at a little bass fishing here along the way. So thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, our, you uh, you're welcome. You are welcome. Uh, next program here for Trains Live, we'll be back on September 14th. Um, Bill Stevens, who is the Trains Magazine business analyst, um, is going to be joining us. Um, if any of you have been following on Newswire, um, the railroad labor situation here in the U.S., um, and contract negotiations far from over. Um, we're going to have Bill sit in and kind of sort out the whole situation for us. Um, also, by that time, we should be where we will be getting close to the end of the cooling off period um, after the presidential emergency board's uh, recommendations. After the unions and uh, management have had some time to work through those uh, in this 30-day period, and uh, uh, we'll see what Bill has to say about where they are and what potentially is going to be happening with that. So hope to see you soon on trains.com. And in addition to that, we'll look for you behind an issue of Trains Magazine. We'll see you again soon. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.